Sid, did you want to share your your pup's Instagram with everyone today? <laughs> We're sitting here and was like, what should we open with? What should we talk about? And I was like, my dog has an Instagram now. Saletto Mancello. Frenchetto. Oh, Saletto. <laughs> She's a French bulldog Fren- with one eye. Chetto. Try- my dogs have an Instagram. Your dogs have, well, your dogs are my dog's boyfriends. She has two boyfriends, whether <laughs> they know it or not. She, we literally say, we we're like, you want to go see your boyfriends? And she perks up. Like That's she cannot so wait. Cute. She's a terror. I call her, I call me, me, myself, and my partner. I mean myself with the screen. <laughs> <laughs> me, myself, and I, and my partner. <laughs> my partner and I and our dog, we can't do anything simple. And so I call us the chaos crew. And David is used to this. But we it's like we walk in a door and we can't – something falls or breaks or a dog gets off the lead. Like something always happens that is not – when it's just kids, it's just you have to love us. When you have kids, it's gonna be it's gonna be I'm gonna be one of those people that I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Like <laughs> I I feel it. We're here, sorry. I, I, I have empathy <laughs> when I walk into your house. When I come like I know what's happening. It's not like I'm oblivious, but I just can't stop everything from <laughs> crumbling. At, like it, it's at, my drink knocks over, my dog rips up a part of your floor. One it's time crazy. we were we had like a little get together and we had some beers. And yours on the floor, and I'm convinced that Sid knocked the beer over. I did not. But then grab everybody listening. I did not knock the beer over. But then grabbed my dog's tail and held it up like he was like he was the guilty <laughs> one. And she goes oh, Brooklyn, <laughs> and he just was standing there while Sid's holding his tail midair. His tail knocked my beer over, <laughs> and I grabbed his the tail to stop the out. swing. The verdict is still out on that. Oh, well, the only people that. Saw it were the dogs and they- <laughs> and I think a little bit me, <laughs> but again, a couple beers, so I'm not sure. <sighs> oh, it was a mess, my. but that's a typical that's Sidism. A typical that is. It just happens. It follows me. We have a lot oh. to talk about. Well, we have a big topic to talk. A about. A big topic. It's some people don't like this topic, <laughs> and that's okay. We're going to explain <laughs> the benefits of it, but we are going to talk to you today about. Commission slots. Like, <laughs> <laughs> commission slots with flames. With flames. Um, no, we wanted to talk about commission slots, I think, because, well, I want to talk about them because 100% of my students are commission slot mm-hmm. owners. That's what I specialize in. That's what I love working with. That's also your specialty yeah. is commission slots. I know you work with some other people. I have. I well, they've been with me for years. Yeah. So I've ha- I do have rental students and they are actually in the process of opening their own salon. So eventually right. I will have all salon owners. But you and I personally work with salon owners, um, commission specifically, and our our other coaches have specialties as well. So then right. all of the hairdressers in all of the world <laughs> of can land. have a coach with just the hairdresser that specializes for them. I think the disclaimer is that we work with all types of hairdressers and salon owners, but today we are talking about commission salon owners yeah. and what that looks well, like. Well, commission salons get a bad rap, and rightfully freaking so. I mean, they've been shit shows for a long time. And I mean, every commission very salon culty. that I've ever worked for was a disaster. Yeah, and they, they, you know, the bottom line is how things were being done five, 10, even 15 years ago were not 
mentally healthy for the hairstylist itself or the salon owner. It was a, just a, a, a vicious cycle attack well, on each other. I think there's two things that happen. One, the salon owner, think every salon owner that I know, commission or not, thinks that they can do it better than the person before them. Absolutely. And I think that you can. Yeah. But what usually happens is they do it just like their old boss. Yeah. So it's like, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do this. And then they try. Yeah. They don't make as much money as they thought. They get jaded. People come. They leave. They steal. They cheat. They do whatever. And then they're like, I'm going to create a non-compete. And I'm going to create. They have to be here from this time. It's like you're doing exactly what you did, what your boss did from your old salon. Exactly. So I think what why I like commission salons is because it's a when done properly. Now, everyone listening, this may be triggering, but you have to remember we're talking about a new modern way of doing commission salons. So when done properly, commission allows everyone to make money, to be protected, to be safe, and to be taken care of when done properly. When not done properly, the salon owner is either making a lot of money and the stylist feels taken advantage of, or vice versa. The salon owner is making nothing, but the staff is making money and feels good, and that's why they stay. Mm-hmm. But when it's done properly, everybody wins. It's profiting, growing. And so, yeah, we have a very unique way of of how we teach our students to run a commission salon. And, right. you know, I think— What's funny is there's, we've talked about this before, the cycle of a hairdresser, right? Like you work in a commission salon and you're just like, I'm not growing. Either you're not allowed to raise your prices because you were $2 off of a retail goal or you can't (laughs) uh, make your own schedule and, you know, you have other things like responsibilities outside of work that are affecting your schedule. And so you leave and then you go and you own your own business in a rental and you realize that you still don't make a ton of money because there might be fear to raise our prices and no one's pushing you Andy to pay taxes and taxes and product costs and, and chair rental. And then you're like, I'm sick of this too. So then you go into education, whether you create your own or you work for a company and then you're out there and then you're exhausted and you're like, you know what? It'd just be so much easier if I worked for someone and you go back into a commission <laughs> salon or you open a salon right. and it's just... It doesn't have to be so complicated. Right. And there is, you know, our, our, our salons that we coach in are thriving. The, the staff is thriving. The students that— I didn't lose any—all of the coaching people that we had, even the people that had to leave due to COVID, they all came back. They all came back. And all the tools that we have taught for this new way of commission have set people up. It's like COVID-ready. Yeah. They've actually— uh, Increased prices, opened new salons, yes. hired more people because people yes. hairdressers were displaced. One of my students actually just implemented uh, insurance and benefits, and she hit her million-dollar mark. That's what I always tell people. People are like, I want to offer insurance. I'm like, does your salon make a million dollars? Have you hit a million dollars? If the answer is no, you probably can't offer insurance and health benefits and all those things. And just that's, that is a lot of money, and it's, it sounds unachievable. Yeah. It sounds Sorry. unachievable. That's yeah. what I'm but um, when you have, I mean, when you think about a salon that has anywhere from 10 to 15 people making anywhere from 60 to 100 grand uh, service sales a year, right. and then there's a 50% commission for the business, after cost of paying for everything, your business can hit that million-dollar yeah. market as possible. It's not It's not as hard as people think. Um, it's definitely a goal of all of our salons. And that's, you know, when you're when you're— Thinking about what you want to do, I, we were talking about this earlier. Rental salons or salon suites are really good for a very 
specific amount of time for a very specific group. Mm-hmm. 20s and 30s, it's great for people that are young, healthy. They want to experience independence. They want to experience all that stuff. So that's great, but it's not for people that are, it's very hard to rent a space or a chair when you're new to the industry because you don't have a clientele. Mm-hmm. And it's also, once you start, once you hit a certain age in the industry or your body starts kind of telling, you know, I don't want to say shutting down, but giving you clues that may- You can't physically do this anymore. Yeah, like- your feet hurt, your back hurts, your legs hurt. You also can't, you also have a limit to how much you can produce. I can only do so many people yeah. in a day. I can only do so much hair in a day. And um, and then you want to start having a family and you want to, maybe you want to move, maybe you want to travel, maybe you, and then as you get older, I think once you are, enter your 40s or maybe younger 30s, it's like maybe I should work for someone else. I can get – maybe there are benefits. There are definitely benefits to having my taxes taken care of and having the back bar stocked and not having to worry about that. So, yes, there. I think rental is great, but I don't know if it's like the end all. Everyone talks about how great it is to just yeah. like rent. It's like I don't know if it's the end all thing. You know, it's. I think it's more um, more efficient for an independent renting a suite, but for a salon owner – to have a booth rental salon, you're just a landlord. Yeah. It's hard to implement culture because you really don't have control over them. And it's it's hard to— You also don't make—you only make a you set You cap amount. yourself out. If yeah. you have five chairs at a certain price, eventually you have to raise those prices in order to profit. Yeah, they have to And then raise, once you do that, then they might leave. You have to raise rent or cut costs. Yeah. That's your only option. And so it's just like, what's, what's and the when point you, of that? And when you have your own space, your only option is to raise your prices, cut costs, or work more hours. Yeah. But when you own a commission salon, because again, this is about commission salons. Mm-hmm. When you own a commission salon, you can provide more work for more people. You can give people a great lifestyle, and you also profit as well. And that's when it's all kind of working together. Not everybody wants to be a salon owner. I also want to remind uh, the benefit of being a W-2 employee. Uh yeah, let's talk about that during mm-hmm. a pandemic. Absolutely. And so the salons that had that, they were able to take care of their staff. And mm-hmm. that's what a salon owner should be able to do. And they were able to not worry because it's one thing to worry about your own business failing. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to worry about your staff that you emotionally grow to love and care about. You are responsible for other people's livelihood. Yeah. And sense. being being a staff member that is under a W-2, how beneficial was that to know I'm taken care of? None of us expected this, right? right? And so to know that like, okay, I was one of the ones that was able to, thank God they kicked in for independence, but that, just could, having, that, was, a, that was not on the table. Having just having some support mentally, yeah. emotionally, even physically having extra hands— our students were doing cocktail because there was nothing to do. It's not like it's like <laughs> they just missed each other, and to keep that right. kind of culture and I think that's the number friendship. one thing that I he- that thing that I hear is that people are like, I loved renting and I liked working for myself, and I got lonely. Yeah, they do, and that's why I think it's a good. I think it's good for a certain amount of time for a certain age group for a certain type of person, but you do have to think long term. Are you know what's your long term plan? And I think opening a commission salon. Even if you rent right now, I think opening a commission salon is genius. Yeah. It's genius. It's a great retirement plan. Even if you are currently behind the chair as an independent, you can do this very slowly. We talked to, I talked to a lot of uh, renters about that, that um, when it's able to, you know, think about it, if you could bring in an assistant, you train them, you put them through like a three to six month program where not only are you providing the education and then they are getting to train under you by watching you. And then once a week they can bring in their own clients 
while you're watching. And then six months later, they've built their clientele and then they can work on the days that you were not there. So you can maximize a rental studio as a very minimal commission salon. Depending on your lease. Depending uh, on the lease, yes. But, but I, I do, then you can grow to get bigger spaces, more people. And that's the thing is, I like you just said, I think that people think commission is a certain thing. Yeah. I remember one, um, one salon I helped transition from rental to commission and she kept saying, but I don't, I don't want to manage their schedules and I don't want, I'm like, we don't have, yeah. Commission is just a pay structure. Yep. It has nothing to do with anything else. Yeah. It's just how you get paid. Right. Instead of paying rent, you're paying them a paycheck. It's, there's no difference. Let's talk about some of our belief systems with Commission yes. salons, more so, not necessarily the how to do it, but just no. some things well, that yeah. we believe and that our well, students are practicing and thriving with. I think the first thing is to understand that a modern version of commission looks a lot like rental. Yeah. you A modern version of commission is still freedom of schedule. Yep. It's freedom of letting them choose their own pricing. Yep. It's um, unlimited vacation days, unlimited sick days, which that freaks people out, but... Mm-hmm. There's ways of, there's way, again, we can't go yeah. into all of it because I hope it does act, get people riled up because then you can reach out. We can really, we have, have a, a way. Someone's like, well, they'll abuse it. Well, then you let them go. Like, exactly. we have to let people be adults. And I if have. they're abusing something, either something's wrong that you need to be like, hey, what's going on? Or, hey, you're not, I need someone that can work here. And if you're not it, then. Exactly. It's no, it's no more difficult than that. I had one person, um, she was like, if I give them, unlimited vacation and sick days, they'll never come to work. And I'm, I brought it kind of back down to earth. And I was like, so do you assume that no one needs to make money? Yeah. <laughs> do you assume that like everyone's got tons of money and they're just coming here for fun? Like yeah. people want to work and need to work. And what we have found, studies show this, but what we have found even just with salons and our own coaching is that when you give people that much freedom, they work more. Yeah. They work more. They charge when you give them freedom to charge. They usually charge more. If they are afraid to charge more, that's when you come in and coach. But there's there's levels of freedom that we give that we need to give people. And I, when I'm coaching a salon owner, it's even though we're talking about freedom, we're also talking about personal responsibility. When they we're allowing the staff member to choose their pricing, it's not only freedom. Yeah, you get to choose. It's also you are now responsible for enforcing that price. Yeah. But it's a lot easier to enforce something that you chose than something that someone chose for you. Absolutely. I also think it's really powerful as a hairstylist. Like, can you imagine just coming in? You've chosen your schedule. You've chosen your price point. You've chosen how you're going to promote it. You work in this great culture. You don't have to worry about paying your rental fee. You don't have to worry about buying your own products. You don't have to worry about the tax portion of paying your quarterly taxes. And you can receive your paycheck and— know that all of that was taken care of you. Sky is the limit. Right? That's the one thing. I don't think people really care about the... Because really, you don't make much more money when you go into rental. Still 50% no. of your, your income Plus is going expenses. towards your expenses. So Taxes, expenses. Exactly. You're doing the same thing. Exactly. So like, if you were to cut $100, you made $100, 30% of that is going to taxes, 20% is going to expenses. So you right. still only have to keep 50%. <laughs> you actually might make more in a commission situation. Exactly. But I... What I what I think is interesting is that people have this assumption, like, well, if I go work at a commission salon, they're going to take away all my freedoms, or they're going to tell me I can't do this or I can't do that. It's like maybe that's what it's not you, a destroy the hairdresser salon. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a commission salon that you've had in the past. But modern commission salons, there are ways to run your business and make them more free. The danger that people are having right now is that 
all these, I, the thing I hear all the time is everybody wants to rent, everybody wants to go out on their own. People, the only reason that's happened is because we've tightened our grip. Yeah. As commission salonists. Out of fear. When you tighten your grip, like, I don't want anyone to leave, sign this, non-compete, do this, do that. Then, yeah, of course they left because you're scaring the shit out of them. I remember being top seller and not getting moved up in price. Like, I was the busiest person. Right. Hello? Why wouldn't you want your busy person to be bringing in more income as an owner? My Or this is my favorite. Um, I, I missed it by retail sales. It was something stupid, like 50 this is, bucks. Well, this is my favorite is I don't want— uh, I had one person say, you know, one of my stylists came to me and said that he wanted that he wanted to charge a hundred dollars for a haircut. I said, so what does he charge now? He charged sixty. I said, well, why can't he charge a hundred? And she said, because I don't think he's there yet. And I said, there how? Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, his retail and his percentage booked and all that. By the way, I don't retail is not a thing. Let's destroy the hairdresser. We don't really deal with that. I said, but if he can charge a hundred dollars. And his clients will give that to him. Then you've also made more money. Why would you put a cap on that? Yeah. And it was as if the clouds had parted, and she had just seen, had this epiphany for the first time. She's probably random, I'm reacting. Yeah, exactly. She like, was like, so you, your can, are you can charge whatever you want, but that's <laughs> but that's the thing is when you allow people to charge what they want, they end up usually charging more, and then you make more. Yeah. Why keep people down when? Yeah. That's why I like commission because it encourages when done properly, everyone to allow more freedoms, to allow growth, to allow those things because everyone benefits from them. Absolutely. I also want to address on how we coach our saloners. And we believe Mm -hmm. actually that like it's great if your staff wants to be in coaching, um, but it benefits them more for you to be in coaching. And then what we coach you, you trickle down. Because y'all a mess. And being the leader (laughs) to your team. It's like, because they'll be like, we've had saloners be like, my team sucks. They all need to be in coaching. And we say no. It's not worth any amount of money for us to coach your team. You are the one that If you think that you know someone who should be in coaching, it's just a sign that you should Probably be in coaching. And so one thing we we express to our leaders is how to teach and coach and lead empathetically. And that's a whole different ballpark because as leaders, we feel like if we're not busy, we're not successful. And so I know a lot of saloners that find any excuse to be busy with something so minute that takes up their time. And then it's just so ridiculous because it's like you just wasted your time, your energy, your effort on working on – a social media post, you know, like it doesn't <laughs> well, make sense to me. So many saloners I know micromanage their staff yeah. because they feel it gives them some sense of control. And then all I see is their staff's frustrated. The salon's not growing because the person that should be growing it is shrinking their, is going into tunnel vision and, and looking at only one thing. I think that, you know, once you allow for freedoms, Proper freedoms with boundaries, you don't micromanage that way, and people can actually grow. A lot of growth is letting go, and that's really terrifying Mm -hmm. to some. As owners, it is okay, and I'm giving you permission right now if you're listening. If you are a saloner, it is okay to not be busy. In fact, it is okay if you have nothing to do, because that means (laughs) that you have implemented such strong systems into your business that your staff is just running on their own, your business is making money, and maybe you consider thinking about other things that are more— multiple students that will call me or text me and say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Nothing. And I said, run errands, yeah. have lunch, call your grandmother. I tell my students to, I'm like, why don't you do some filming? Why don't you take some pictures of your staff working? Why don't you take or, a nap? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why don't you do something But we're obsessed proactive. with, especially when we're used to like having to keep things rolling, that's the only way to make money. 
And hairdressers already have that. If I'm not working, I'm not making money. Mm-hmm. So when you own a salon, it's hard to kind of get out of that mentality. But I think I think we should go over some of our belief systems and just throw them out there. Yeah. And obviously, if you want more— Real quick, more, I want to dabble back into the emotional intelligence leadership yeah. thing. One of the best things that I think that we do with our students is that when a, a staff member comes with a problem, to not always try to fix it, to listen— and then ask them what they think the solution is. And if it's something that you agree with, then move it forward. And if it's something that you don't agree with, where can you find the middle ground compromise to then move something proactive forward? I have that five-minute rule. Mm. Come ask me that in five minutes. Yeah, They're not going to ask you in five minutes. No. A, they're going to solve it themselves, or they're going to forget about it. And if they do ask you in five minutes, then you should probably give it some time. It's also okay to push something away. I really love this idea. Let's Let's revisit it tomorrow. Exactly. Thanks for bringing that up. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I don't have time right now. But what people do is they reactively try to fix it. They stop the productive thing they were doing to fix a problem versus letting the person figure it out themselves. Or my favorite is I had to stop and go answer the phone because nobody would answer it. Let it ring. Let it ring. There's <laughs> voicemail, text messaging, email, They'll figure it DM. out. They can book online Why do you now? have a phone? <laughs> yeah, why do you have a phone? Let Get rid of your phones. That's a whole other topic. But So some of the belief systems that we have— mm-hmm. And we're not going to go into detail, even though we say that, then we always do. <laughs> we're not going to go into detail, but one of the biggest, uh, some of the biggest things we teach are the big one, removing retail. Yeah. Getting rid of your retail shelves, getting rid of your physical retail and switching to affiliate so you can actually make money. And your team can make money. We'll talk about retail more in the new year, but get rid of your retail. And if that makes you go, what the fuck are they talking about? That's why we have coaches. We That's have a class our, too. That explains oh, yeah. the whole thing. Reimagining retail from Rachel Radford, Coach but it's Rachel. It's not out. You gotta wait it's not for out. it to come we out. We launch it every couple months. So when that launches, if you're signed up to our email list, then you will get a notification. So get rid of your retail, get rid of your front desk, fit your physical front desk, and streamline your front desk team. You should maybe have one person, a host, a hostess, someone that kind of or a manager, but you don't need a retail, you don't need a front desk staff. I actually call managers the salon assistant versus a manager because they are the extension of you without you physically being there. Yeah. They can also become your personal assistant as well, mm-hmm. which people don't think about. Yeah. Like, But a lot of times, salon owners want to be in the salon. So instead of getting a manager, get a personal assistant to do the things that you need to do at home so that you can be part of your business if you want to do it that way. So there's different ways to approach that whole manage. It's very about who you pay and where you put your money. So retail, front desk, um, freedom to staff, which we already talked yeah, about. Yeah, freedom of choosing their pricing, freedom of schedule. Um, and the other thing is uh, hourly pricing. Hourly pricing. We suggest switching to an hourly pricing structure, not a la carte, not $5 add-ons, no upselling, none of that, none of that crap, charging a dollar amount per hour per person. And I know what you're thinking, Can I, what if it only takes me 10 I can minutes, feel heartbeats only- racing in their cars right now while they're listening to this. Every question that you have about the things that we're saying, we've answered. We have answers to. For years. But we're giving you this. We're giving you these ideas to think differently about commission. And I encourage you to think about what we're saying and to not react to it and to think, okay, let let me hear what they said and how would that actually work? Because I think a lot of people hear what we're saying and we're let, they're like they shut down. They shut down. They've turned. I, it we, I, see it I guarantee all the time. we said commission salon, and I guarantee you. Hairdressers exit out of this episode. We said remove retail and people passed out. Yep. <laughs> so don't drive while listening to this episode. I will say I have a student in uh, one of the, one of our salons in Jersey, and he just uh, implemented hourly pricing right when everything opened back. Yeah, um, it was from a great pandemic. Time to switch. And of 
of course, there's always pushback, but the way that he solved it was through constant education and communication, and now it's thriving, which is awesome, and the team is happy. And the way that he set it up was so simple on his website that I'm obsessed with it. It was just like, it was like what we charge, and it was like 110 per hour. And then he had a service menu underneath, but instead of a price point, it was how long That's cool. that service took. <clears throat> so then the client knows what to book I love in that. time versus service. So again, all these things require coaching to implement specifically for you, but we have all these different approaches that have been working for hundreds of hairdressers and salon owners and we know that they'll work for you, but we just we never share them because they are it is hard to share them without talking about them deeply. Well, because I think we say one thing and then freak out, but we have hundreds and hundreds of <laughs> salons practicing these methods all over the United States and into Canada. And they They are all killing it, and they're thriving. And the other thing is, if you think about it, removing your retail, removing your front desk. I also recommend gratuity-free. We talk about going gratuity-free. Build it into your price. Yep. Rather than charging people a service fee for the color they're using, build it into your price. Build everything into your price. Like, it's like taxes. Like, taxes suck. It's like, oh, it was— 120, but now it's like 152 because of inflation. Right. You know, it's like build it into your price point. I remember going to a restaurant that was gratuity free, and then I just ended up spending more money on drinks, which <laughs> was their plan. Yeah. That was their plan the whole time. <laughs> um, so gratuity free. Um, I We also recommend cashless. Yeah. Um, we recommended all these things for a couple of years now, and we've been training people to do them to be different. And because the, the salons that did them, they were ready for the pandemic. They were like, oh, we don't take cash. Oh, we don't, we already, we don't have a front desk. Like, we don't have any of the things. We don't have retail for people to touch or not touch. We don't have any of the things. We have less people. And I just think it was cool that. A salon in LA that that actually um, completely went touchless. Mm -hmm. And so basically when the client books the appointment, it takes their card information. And then at the end of the service, if there's anything added or different, they can charge at the end by hitting a button. But it's completely done, and the client doesn't. There's no. Yep. It's easy, and uh, they actually just opened their second location, which is incredible. Boom. Yeah. No, I I think I think going commission is. I think if we can all get together, and do it the right way, and think about it differently, commission is such a good thing for everyone. Um, we're not hating on. Rental. We're not hating on independence, but it's part of the process. But there, yeah, but there has to be growth somewhere. And where are you growing? And how do you want? Like, if you want to make the millions, how do we plan on getting there? We have to have different streams of avenue or revenue. Yeah, the reality is that if you work for yourself behind the chair, renting or in a suite, you can't get as far as you want. Yeah. You can get to a point. Even physically, even if you even start, physically. even if you financially charge to get to that point, physically you will burn out. Right. And so, you know, because there's some people like, well, I'll charge, I'll raise my prices. Eventually, like, you'll cap yourself out. And we're here for you when or if you I just want, as a disclaimer, we um, are very aggressive in our approach because we're like, why ease into this? Let's rip off a Band-Aid. Here's what we believe in. You're going to like it or you're going to hate it. You're going to be intrigued and want to talk to us or you're going to unfollow us. Either way. I love you. I hope that, <laughs> yeah, I hope that I hope that it does trigger you a little bit. And I hope that when you're listening, you're like, okay, that didn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. That would, my favorite is that won't work for us. Yeah. Um, we have worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of salon owners and hairdressers to implement these. And it does work, but we. Thousands at but, this point. <laughs> that was, yeah, probably. 
but the reality is that um, it's not a one size fits all. You mm-hmm. you have to work with a coach to figure out how can this work, how can we tweak this to work in your space. It might and, take a year or two. It might take six months. You and know? also, but we, call we and, walk you through that process. Call and have a consultation with a coach to really, Book really a free get your discovery call. You pick a coach. You get on the phone. We talk to you. We figure out who's going to be best for you and how it's going to work, and we go from there. So we encourage you, whether you're a commission salon, a rental salon, a renter behind the chair, salon suite owner, a commission stylist, we do have people that work with you and help you implement any version of this that we can, whether it's the new, a new way to charge, a new way to do, the, do commission salons, a new way to build your business. We just want to give you something that's unique and personalized to you. So if you visit destroythehairdresser.com slash get dash Connected. That's too complicated. Just go to destroythehairdresser.com <laughs> or go to our Instagram, destroythehairdresser. But that's what we have for them. I think I think commission salons are the way to go. And if you have one and you need help, we're here. If you want to transition, we're here. If you want to call us and complain that's okay about too. what we said, so we're, also, we're also here. <laughs> Max, do you want to open a salon? I feel like Max has all the tools that he would ever I mean, need just, to open a thriving salon. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just like sitting on all this knowledge and not doing anything. With I know. It, so I feel like as a producer, now. you probably could do a lot of things at this point. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of what you're saying is generalizes across any business. Yeah. Right. And it's just business information. We yeah. just right. are talking to hairdressers. Yeah. What do you think? Like, what makes most sense to you that we talked about? Or, I think just yeah. like... It, Adapting to like what your team needs and what they're like saying is working for them and what isn't working for them. Right. Um, yeah. That's Listening. Good, it is yeah. a good point because I think people are like, oh, my team doesn't appreciate me. It's like, well, why? Let's yeah. actually find are out why. Maybe we can change something. Yeah. Are you communicating? To make it better. Is there follow through? Are you mean? Follow-up? Yeah. <laughs> are you mean? Are you a friend boss? We can get into the whole thing. <laughs> we could talk for hours. All right. No, I think this is good. So again, we're here for you. If you need us, destroythehairdresser.com. Max is here for you. He has so much information at this point. He could probably coach all of you as well. <laughs> and we'll see you coach all. Max. We'll see you all soon. However, have hope. What are you trying to say? Hope you have a nice day. Hope you Stay have a safe. good day. We'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye.